On today's episode of Let's Grow Together, I talk with Jess O'Connell, and we had a, such a phenomenal conversation that went in a few different directions. We talked about knowing yourself and how the importance of that allows us to create the habits, and we can't create the habits that we want until we know ourselves. And then we got into um, creating a monthly habits and how we utilize different areas. And um, we talked about limiting beliefs and how we can overcome our limiting beliefs. I mean, it was so um, cool that the different tactics and strategies that she utilizes for eliminating her beliefs. So um, really cool episode. We get a little woo, which I think is awesome. And I love incorporating this more. Um, please let me know if you're enjoying these episodes and enjoying the woo, um, because I certainly am. So I hope you are too. Um, so let's dive into this awesome episode with Jess, but first the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Monatotibus, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. All right, we are back. I am excited. So great. Uh, I cannot wait to, to dive in. We were already talking before I hit record about some stuff that we're going to get into, and it just got me really excited. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, real quick, I'd like to welcome Jess O'Connell. How are you, Jess? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to share. Thank you so much for being here. Real quick, tell us a little bit about you know, who you are, what you do, and, and who you serve. Awesome. So my name is Jess, and I help online coaches and course creators stand out of the crowd and create messaging that takes a stand for the change that they want to make in their lives. I believe in a solid mix of mindset, systems, and strategies to get you from where you are currently to creating the business of your dreams. Love it. Man, that was like perfect. <laughs> I'm so bad at those, so I'm glad it came out nicely. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that I often talk about um, on this show is, is really understanding like people's different habits and routines and like how that incorporates to their development and the successes that they've had. And I know that you're big into this. So I'm, I'm interested to kind of like dive in a little bit more um, into this because what I found is there are a lot of commonalities among different um, people. A lot of my guests, they say similar things, but there is some variation. I think it's a cool aspect that you can kind of have your own, you know, flexibility into creating your own routine and like your own habits of how it has helped you. So if you could, and I know you mentioned you have some like monthly routine, but I would like to start a little bit first on just like some of your um, like daily routines um, of like how you start your day to like set yourself up to have, uh, you know, achieve success for the day. I love this question. So I've done a ton of research actually into like the psychology of habits and how to change your habits and these kinds of things. And I've learned a ton about myself along the way. And are you familiar with Gretchen Rubin and her four tendencies framework? No. Okay, Tell me so more. I love this. So Gretchen Rubin completely blew my mind about two years ago when I found her book called Better Than Before. And it talks about creating habits to become better than you were before. And it's a really beautiful book. And it goes through her um, like 
this exploration of habits and how different people create habits and the psychology of habits for different people. And through this um, like exploration, she discovered that there are four tendencies that people tend to have around expectations. And so the four tendencies are upholder, which are people who manage, who uphold their own expectations of themselves and other people's expectations of themselves. So if they want to do it, they do it. If other people want them to do it, they do it. Then there is the obliger who will do it if other people want them to do it. They uphold other people's expectations, but they don't uphold their own. So they are hard. They're not self-motivated people. They need accountability. They need other people to expect things from them in order to get things done. Then there's the questioner who upholds their own expectations, but will only uphold other people's expectations once they become their own expectations. So these are people who are like, "Mm, why do I need to do that? Explain to me, like, what is in it for me? And so those are the people who, like, they rebel against other expectations until they decide that they're their own expectations. Then the last one is the rebel who upholds neither their own expectations or other people's expectations. And I was really struggling with creating consistent habits in my life and in my business a few years ago. And I discovered this book and I thought for a long time that I was an obliger just based on my things, right? Like you need accountability. It's nice to have people checking in on you. And I was setting up these structures of accountability in my life, but I felt like I was the worst person ever at accountability because even if somebody was expecting me to do it, I didn't want to do it. And so when I read this, I was like, oh my God, I am a rebel. Anytime that anyone expects something from me, I have a really hard time complying. And even when I expect things from me, I have a hard time complying. And so understanding this tendency about myself, I was able to really hack that part of my brain into creating habits-ish that really work for me. And so this comes into play a lot when I try to set up morning routines, right? Which I think is basically what you're asking. Like anytime that I'm like, okay, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to have a cup of coffee, I'm going to go sit outside, I'm going to read, and then I'm going to meditate, and then I'm going to journal. Anytime that I do that, I completely don't do it. (laughs) Anytime that I set to do something, I completely blow it off because my psychology and my brain rebels against expectations. And so I've learned that I have to do things coming from a very heart-centered want place. If I want to do it, I can do it. But if I expect myself to do it, then I won't do it. It's such a funny thing. And so I meditate regularly when I feel like meditating. I journal when I feel like journaling. I um, I drink coffee every day, but that's more of an addiction than a habit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my habits are very loosey-goosey because my psychology rebels against habits. Wow. Awesome. This is so cool because it's so, so unique. Um, I've never heard that before. And I like that kind of analysis because I have met other people and that I've talked to them about this and I'm like, you know, like make these habits. Like, Mm -hmm. I love it. You should try it. And like, there's one person particular in my head that I'm thinking of. Um, and she just doesn't have that mentality. And I'm, I'm guessing it's a lot because she's the same, you know, similar Mm -hmm. as you where, she doesn't want that structure. She wants to wake up whenever she wants. Like she wants to meditate when she wants, but she doesn't want that structure routine, um, which is like a little hard for me to even grasp because I am so like, I need a routine. (laughs) So which one of those do you think you identify as? 
Um, I think the second one that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, cause I find myself questioning things often. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I was an employee, I always questioned things like, why, mm-hmm. well, why are we doing this? Like, what, what's the point is, are there, are, are there better ways of doing this? And like yeah. my routine is focused on like, well, all of these people that I follow are saying that I should do this. So I have that why and I structure it because of that, but I didn't start doing it until I really started consistently hearing it over and Mm -hmm. over again. Part of why I like started this podcast because I wanted other people to have that like same repetition where it's like, Hey, these poor things are like renowned among like so many people. And so like, I do have that like why, but again, it's like, I need, I need to have that. Like I meditate because I know it's like that clear mind that Mm -hmm. I need to have. So it sounds like you are in a questioner that leans toward a, um, a, a holder. So questioners lean one way or the other. So either you're a questioner who, when they don't have the answer, they rebel or you're a questioner who then finds the answer and upholds and, that's a good place to be, right? You question things and then you decide that they are good for you and then you'll uphold them. It's funny like that you mentioned the podcast because I struggle with my podcast for this reason because I cannot record a podcast episode unless I'm in the flow. And so I luckily have like a bank of interview podcasts that I can throw in when I have nothing to say. But I cannot sit down and say, okay, we're recording this podcast today because if, if it's not coming out of me, it's not happening. And so I've learned how to hack my, my stubbornness and my brain into how can I make this work so that I am consistent in my podcasting without having to be in the flow and feeling like I can ramble off some amazing stuff every time. Yeah. And, and that's a, an interesting part of just like really knowing yourself mm-hmm. and working best with yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that just goes to show the importance of like, being adaptive and trying new things. And just because something works for someone else doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but it also doesn't mean that you shouldn't try it because you think it's not going to work for you. You got to try it. And then you may be able to find variations, alterations, you know, with creating these habits, because again, it takes time like to figure out what works for you. There were certain things when I first got started that I like to do, and I was like, man, I really don't like to do this. And so I yeah. just, you know, you just cut it out, you know, if it for doesn't sure. work for you, you know, move on. As I have to say too, as a coach, understanding tendencies and like having this as one of the things that you identify with your clients to begin with is so helpful in coaching people. Because for example, I have a client who is also a rebel and I know this about her. And if I give her homework, she doesn't do it. And she doesn't do it because I gave her the homework. But if we're talking about it and it's an idea that she can implement, but I don't expect her to do it, she'll do it. But because I understand that about her, where there's some people who have a coach because they need accountability and they need homework, they need that structure. And so understanding the psychology, and there's a quiz online, luckily, so you don't have to guess who, what people are. They can take a quiz and tell you like, hey, I'm an upholder. And you're like, fabulous. Anything I tell you to do, you will do. And everything you want to do, you'll do. And it's funny because as a rebel, it's similar, right? Like anything I want to do, I'll do. And that's why I'm successful in my business because instead of having expectations, it all comes from a place of want. And so I stopped setting those expectations and that's when I started succeeding in business. 
Interesting. Yeah. I definitely do have the a, a polar side where like that's what gets me going. It's mm-hmm. like, oh no, someone's expecting me to get this done. I'm going to make sure I yeah. get it done. You know, like that's like, it motivates me too. So it's like, uh, um, again, just like knowing myself where I'll yeah. invest in certain things, <laughs> knowing that I need that like kick in the butt to to get moving. Totally. Where I'm the total opposite. Like if someone's expecting it of me, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to like, do it. I'm not gonna... <laughs> do my best to not have people expect things from me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great because you just always be surprising people. And <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm not expecting. Oh, wow, oh, Jess, good. this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Love so. it. That was a little bit of a tirade, but I think that's valuable. I definitely recommend. So she has a book on the four tendencies too. That really, so she has one called Better Than Before, which kind of introduces how to create habits, like different styles of habit creation and learning and just the way that people are different, which was so fascinating to me. And then, um, and then the four tendencies book really digs into each tendency and how to hack your tendency, how to understand, like, how to set up your life so that you work best in your tendency. Yeah. So I think cool. this is, yeah. This is awesome and extremely um, valuable. And I'm always looking for new um, habit books. So mm-hmm. this is perfect. This will definitely get added to my list. I think I have an audible credit that's ready to go. So well, there you go. <laughs> she also has a podcast called um, I think it's called happiness by Gretchen Rubin. Cause she's also, she's more famous for her book, the happiness project which you may have heard of. Uh, I have. And now, now that like when you said that now Gretchen Rubin is coming in, I, I may even follow her because I feel mm-hmm. like I remember somebody or I have and then unfollow. I don't know. At some mm-hmm. point I've definitely She's come in across your sphere. her. Yeah. It is interesting too how all of that works, like the intertwining mm-hmm. and spheres of different people and how totally. you continue to get introduced. And if you keep hearing the same name, like maybe you should mm-hmm. go check this check this person out although if you listen to my show like and you haven't checked out james wedmore yet then (laughs) he gets mentioned fairly often on this show which you know he deserves it he's awesome it's true (laughs) and you know this is a great segue too because um james wedmore the uh the woo man himself the wedmore woo um which is you know it's such an interesting thing because I ha- I never was like, oh yeah, I'm like super woo, you know, it just was not me. I was definitely resistant towards it. I, you know, the, the most woo for me was like meditation and I'm like, all right, I'll mm-hmm. meditate. It makes sense. You're just kind of clearing your head. You know, it goes to like the, the why it's like, all right, well, there's a reason for this. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, helps clear your head, helps you focus more. Um, but you know, he's got that, that, so many interesting and he doesn't share he is way more woo than he shares which is like crazy mm-hmm. to think <laughs> because he does get i mean his podcast is like a little woo and like some episodes are more woo but then you know we've had a lot of exposure with them like more behind the scenes and like wow he's even more woo than he leads in the public mm-hmm. and then he like hints at that he's like even more even more than that (laughs) (laughs) like there's just deeper and deeper and deeper yeah yeah i'm excited to learn more about that but in in like this woo sphere you mentioned that you have some like um like monthly habits that you do that are a little bit more woo so i'd love to kind of talk about that 
I do. And so when I first got introduced to this stuff, I was not into it either. I'm a very left brain. I think it's left brain. The one that's like analytical and logical and that kind of person. I love numbers. I love science. I love evidence. And I am an INTJ, which is the same as James. And so I like concrete answers to concrete questions and I'm very like evidence-based. And so when I first heard of this, I was starting to explore my money mindset. And I took a course from a girl who had like a three-day like money mindset makeover, or maybe it was three weeks or something, but she went through like understanding your money beliefs and all of these things. And the last exercise was doing a full moon ritual. And I was like, that sounds so weird. What is a full moon ritual? And so I started it out and I remember doing my very first one and I followed what she said to do. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing I have literally ever done. And following her steps, I started to see changes in my life. I started to see changes in my mindset, my money availability, like my abundance, all of these things. And so I was like, maybe there's something to this. And so that's when I really started diving into understanding the moon and the moon's energy and its effect on us as humans and how to really maximize that energy at different times of the month to kind of set these intentions and create habits around it. If the moon freaks you out, just do this twice a month at different times of the month, like one and then two weeks later, the other one, and then back and forth. But these have been really powerful um, habits for me that I like associating with the moon. It's easy to remember when to do it that have made a huge difference in my business. So the first one is a full moon ritual. And so it is not anything that involves dancing around a fire naked. Like it's nothing weird, (laughs) but it doesn't involve fire. Um, But basically the full moon energy is a great time to release things. The So first I want to talk about the moon really quick. The moon has very powerful energy. And if you don't believe in that, have you ever heard about tides? The literal ocean is influenced by the energy of the moon. So if you don't think that us as humans who are like 90 odd some odd percent water are influenced by the energy of the moon, then you're crazy, right? Like the the moon is a very powerful um, energy body, right? And so understanding that our moods and our like productivity and everything, our bodies are influenced by the moon is a truth that you'll just have to accept. (laughs) And so um, aligning this like monthly routine around the full moon really maximizes the energy of this. So during a full moon, what I do is I really start paying attention to the beliefs that I have that are holding me back. These are like the things on that feedback loop in your brain that you find yourself saying over and over again, like, who the hell am I to be doing this? Like, I'm never going to be successful. What am I thinking? For me, when I started doing this around money, it was really like, like we never have enough money. There's never any money. Money always goes, right? I just had these feedback loops in my brain about money and about my success and about who I was meant to be and all of these things. And the intention on a full moon is to release that. And so what you do, and it's really like, it's a beautiful symbolic thing and energetic thing, but this is what I do every month. And I've been doing it for almost two years now. And oh my gosh, where I started with all these shitty money beliefs to where I am now is a complete 180. And it's not just about money. Like anytime that I find this belief creeping back into my head, and I love that I get to do it monthly because it's like a monthly clearing 
of this crap, um, I like I get to renew the more positive beliefs about myself. So the first thing that I do is I write down the beliefs that are no longer serving me. So I get a piece of paper and I write the beliefs that are no longer serving me, colon, and I write them down in the form of a belief, like I'm not good enough, or people don't care what I have to say, or I can't trust people or whatever is coming to me that month. And then on another piece of paper, I write down the empowering beliefs that I'm calling in, colon, underline. And then I write down the new beliefs that either can correlate with the ones I'm letting go, or they can be totally different. Like I am a leader. I am a, I am brilliant. Like I am a money magnet, like abundance always flows to me. Um, there's some other fun ones that I love. Like the more I spend, the more I make and the more, the more fun I have, the more money I make and things like that, that I'm calling in basically like affirmations. And then I go outside under the full moon and I look at the full moon and you don't have to go outside. Like the energy works inside too, but I love the energy of the full moon. So I like to look at it and I take the ones that are no longer serving me and I read them out loud on my front porch, looking at the full moon and my neighbors probably think I'm a crazy person, but this is what I do. And I read them all out loud and then I burn them and I light a lighter, light a match and I watch it burn and I hold it until it almost burns me and then I drop it. And as it's burning, I focus on those things leaving my body, right? The actual beliefs burning up and leaving. And then I take the piece of paper with the empowering beliefs and I instantly read them out loud again and call them into my life. And the reason why you do it back to back is actually the universal law of the vacuum. Anytime that you remove something, the universe wants to fill it with something else. And so if you're pulling these beliefs out of your mind and out of your subconscious and burning them, you're leaving a vacuum. And so filling it with more empowering beliefs um, kind of resets that and fills that void, which the universe wants to fill anyway, because that's the nature, like that's the universal law of the vacuum. And so you fill it back in with positive beliefs, and then you have a nice little piece of paper with affirmations that you can look at regularly if you need them, but they're already kind of tucked right into your subconscious through this little ritual. So that is my full moon ritual that I do every month. That is so cool. I think that's awesome. Certainly has its woo side, but yeah, I mean, I think that we often hold our, you know, we all have limiting beliefs. It's part mm-hmm. of it, but, and we want to focus on what our limiting beliefs uh, may be and how we can overcome them. Um, but in this like practice, it almost like simplifies it. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's like actually not as complex as you may think. You don't need to spend hours upon hours to like fix this belief you had. Just burn it and just call mm-hmm. it a day. <laughs> I love letting it be easy, right? Like that's a belief that I held on to for a long time that like shifting my mindset had to be hard or that the harder it was, the more rewarding it was. I feel like that's one that we all operate under like good things don't come easy, right? Isn't that such a piece of shit? Like that's such a bullshit, right? Good things do get to come easy. Why is this ingrained to us as children? But, um, but yeah, it gets to be as easy as burning it and letting it go. And anytime it comes back to you, because it will, right? Like our mind, our brain literally has grooves of thoughts that we've thought a lot. I release, like I instantly am like, that's not the belief anymore. <laughs> like, that's not what I believe. And I fill it back in with something else. So if you have corresponding ones, if you're like, oh my God, who the heck am I? The corresponding is I'm me. Like I'm amazing. I'm a leader. I'm whatever. You can 
fill it in with the new belief and just like start to rewind that pattern, that brain pattern. And yeah, it's a really powerful thing to just let it be as easy as burning it and letting it go. And then every month doing it again. And sometimes the same ones will pop in there. Some are really sticky beliefs. And I've even had weird shit happen where like the paper will not burn. (laughs) And I'm like, come on. And it's like (laughs) the world, the universe being like, these are going to be really hard to get rid of. And I'm like, burn. (laughs) But it's always like, it's such a good feeling to watch them go up and smoke and be like, peace out. Like, thank you for serving me. Get the heck out. Oh, that is so awesome. Yeah. Uh, just, that's so funny. The, the ones that are going to stick with you <laughs> be a little bit harder, which makes sense again, mm-hmm. you know, like great change doesn't happen overnight. And, exactly. uh, you know, some of these may stick with you, but I, I, I just see this as like a really cool. And also like, who doesn't want to sit in front of the moon and burn some stuff? I mean, right? just like that side of things. I mean, maybe roast marshmallows while you're out there too. Totally. You know, like, <laughs> totally. not? So um, one thing I was just thinking about though, too, as you talk about your beliefs and and how you've been able to recognize your beliefs, you know, how has that process helped you? And like, how have you, because like we may even have beliefs that we're not even aware of. Do you Mm -hmm. do anything that has like helped you to see these beliefs? Is it from other people telling you or like, how have you found the beliefs to even burn them? Yeah, that's such a great question because I feel like we walk around before we're kind of awake to these thoughts in our mind. We just kind of walk around in the feeling of them being a truth without recognizing that they're a belief. And so if you feel crappy about something, that's a really good sign that it's a belief and that it's an untrue belief, right? Beliefs by their nature are a lie. And it's even in the world. It's even in the word belief has lie in it. And so if you have something that you're walking around with and it makes you not feel very good, ask yourself, what am I choosing to, like, what is making me not feel good right now? Like, what am I choosing to believe that's making me feel like shit? And I had an instance of this, and this is like the beginning of self-coaching, right? Really recognizing that your feelings are indicators of your beliefs and that your beliefs are not necessarily true. And so the beginning of self-coaching, I have done a lot of this work on myself. Anytime that I'm in a really bad mood or something is really bothering me, I ask myself, what is the lie I'm choosing to believe right now? And I love calling it out as a lie because it makes your brain stop. It's like a pattern interrupt. And I'm like, what is the lie I'm choosing to believe? And I look for it. And I'm like, for example, I had a moment like this a few months ago. I was in a really crappy mood that I couldn't shake. And I kept like snapping at my husband and he was like, oh my God, what is wrong with you? And I was like, what is the lie I'm choosing to believe here? And it was that, um, like for some reason I was really mulling on this idea that like people don't have my best interest at heart. And I was struggling with like my team and with, I have some deep beliefs from like growing up that kind of stick around and they're things that I have to check often, but I was like, people don't have my best interest at heart. And then you ask yourself, is that true? And try to find as much evidence as you can either for or against that, right? Our brain is always looking for evidence. So if it has a belief that it's holding on to, you probably have a case file full of evidence that supports that. Well, so-and-so did this to me. They didn't have my best interest in mind. And then that so-and-so burned me and that that's evidence that it's true. And then I try to look for evidence that it's not true. And I'm like, well, has anybody ever had your best interest in mind? And I'm like, well, yeah, lots of times, right? 
And so I start to kind of build that case against that belief. And if I can realize that that belief isn't true, which it's always not true because things that make you feel bad are not true. They go in direct contradiction to your ultimate truth, which was written for you by God or angels or universe or whatever you want to call it. Um, which is that your infinite potential and that your infinite love and that everything that you want is absolutely possible for you. God did not write on your scroll, baby Nick, people will not like him. <laughs> he will not be that successful, right? Like, you know that that's not true. And so when you can start to align to what is ultimately true for me and what is the truth, that's when you can start to build that case, that case file of evidence for the truth. And so when those pop up for me, I'll like, I put it in my notes in my phone because it's much easier to remember things as they're happening than try to recall on a full moon, like, what are some things that I'm struggling with right now? <laughs> like, as you feel them, or if you feel imposter syndrome, or if you feel things that are coming up for you in your business, or just those thought patterns that you find yourself in the loop of catching yourself and saying, why am I choosing to believe this right now? and reminding yourself to burn that shit when it's time. Love it. Yeah. It's such an interesting aspect of like being self-coachable um, and becoming self-aware of mm -hmm. these different areas in our lives. And it's so hard sometimes to be able to, to see that um, and be able to become more self-aware to these limiting beliefs. I love, I love that you said like belief and there's like a, a literally says lie in mm -hmm. a belief. And that's such a fascinating thing for us to kind of like really re reflect on, like what are your beliefs and are they a lie? Like, like let's mm -hmm. recheck them. And the other thing that you talked about that I think is so important is we have a very, um, factual distinction our brains by the way that we function you know i talked about like wanting to know the why and it's like well this is a similar aspect in that in that where's the evidence like what evidence supports the belief and the things that mm -hmm. we are saying we can or can not do and the only way that we're going to be able to like overcome these beliefs is is taking the time to like write it out like where is this limiting belief coming from like is mm -hmm. this factual is like okay well maybe this one thing happened but are there any other times where this was not the case and then next thing you know you got like 20 things that go against your limiting belief and like two that go towards it and it's like all right well mm -hmm. which one do you want to go towards right and then you it's know? a choice right like then you get to choose which one are you going to choose to believe the one that Susie from sixth grade said about your potential or the one that everybody else in your whole freaking life has said about your potential. <laughs> yes. Susie. Damn, damn Susie. Susie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's exactly it. And, and that's such an important aspect of this in that choice. You have the choice like, oh, I can't do this. Well, do you really want to believe that you can't do that? Is that fun for you? Like, mm -hmm. do you you enjoy that you? yeah like and that's the question like is this serving me is this serving me does this you know like one thing that i've been like going through recently is like i really haven't been drinking like at all i just i was just on vacation for four days and i didn't have anything and Thanks. i was at my friend's house like before then and just like just not and i just have just been having this thought i'm like this isn't serving me 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, and again, I'm not saying like, you know, you don't have to drink alcohol. I'm just saying like, figure out in your situation, what's serving you, what is not serving you. And like, can you eliminate it, you know, or mm-hmm. bring to somebody's attention? If somebody's like constantly having the same conversation with you and you're like, this conversation is not serving me, bring it up. Like, yeah. talk to them about it. Like, have you had instances this where this has happened? I'm sure just like eliminating the things that aren't serving you. Oh my gosh, so much. In the process of up-leveling and really becoming the highest or the continual higher and higher version of myself, I've eliminated so many things. And I, like, I recognize or I've, of course I have, I've, I have a framework for everything. It's ridiculous, but I've created a framework of shifting my identity and like becoming my next level person. And one of the very first thing is your environment and taking a look at the people, the thoughts, the things in your environment and how that influences you and your energy. And I have a lot of friends that I am not friends with since really embarking on this journey, because I realized that having them in my environment was not serving my highest good. And so there's a lot of people that I just released them from my zone and so much negativity with them, right? Like, I feel like we all have those people that we, um, that we like magnetize to because of their negativity and we want that and we kind of feed off of it together. And when you're big enough and you believe in yourself enough and you're confident enough to let those people go. Um, the whole world opens up for you. I mean, I feel like it's such a stark contrast of where I was even two years ago to where I am now with a huge piece of that with changing my environment and changing the people that are in my environment. Yeah, it's such a it's such a huge thing. I actually did a whole episode on that. And um, Siobhan, who you know, we talked a little bit about that too. Like your mm-hmm. your environment plays such a crucial role for you to develop if you have like limiting beliefs about yourself and like you look at the conversation you're having and it's like Mm -hmm. well that's because I have somebody that keeps telling me I can't do this no wonder why I feel that I can't do it yeah you know and it's it's, and like to me that's like an easy thing to recognize Mm -hmm. on like what are these people saying I recently had um a coaching call um, that I was working with someone and one of the, the, um, struggles that they were having and they were, they, they were talking about all these different things like mindset and, um, you know, like things that they love to talk about and they were telling their family and like their family's just like rolling their eyes mm-hmm. and you know, I'm like, well, is, is this your audience? And he's right. like, oh, well, I guess, yeah, I guess I'm not, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, just because the environment that you're in is not, helping you grow does not mean that what you're doing isn't going to help you grow. It just means you need to change change your environment, you know, change the conversations. And, you know, in some cases it is your family and that, but, but it just means stop having those conversations with those people. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to cut them out. Right. (laughs) Stop talking to them. Yeah. just like stop talking to them about it they don't want to hear it and so you're just gonna kind of come off like you know a little kooky which you know never hurt anybody yeah and then but then you find the other people and you're like i'm not crazy look at all these people that think the same way that i do you know and for so long go through this like experience of like why am i thinking this way why like why do i feel like i'm alone and then 
all of a sudden you start to find more people and more people and more people. And you're like, Oh, got it. Like things start Mm -hmm. to click. You start to develop more. Like, I mean, you know, this, this group that we're part of, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) It's all facilitating all of our next levels being together. Yeah. And just like being able to, to communicate and motivate and, like have these great conversations um mm-hmm. you know i was just thinking like for me like there's a lot of my family loves to talk politics and i'm like i don't want to talk about this i and then i like just like jump into our group chat and i'm like yes yeah. ah these are the conversations that i want to be having like mm-hmm. this is this is serving me you know yes. I have to say that every once in a while i do it's like eating junk food i will I will participate in a conversation that is not productive about politics because sometimes you just need a little bit of junk food <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I'm done. I need to unsubscribe again. <laughs> but sometimes yes. it's, it's a nice little treat. <laughs> That's awesome. And I think this is actually a great little like segue too into just like our habits and our routines of like, mm-hmm. and like vacations and like taking mm-hmm. a break and, you know, having some ice cream and, you know, so like, what has your experience been with like, you know, with your business and how, how you've developed your, your company and then being like, I've been working too much or, uh, and just like finding time to make sure that you're separating yourself, giving yourself that break. Do you have like things that you incorporate or as a rebel, you're probably like, I don't feel like working today. I'm not going to. (laughs) Well, it depends on like where I am in like a launch cycle basically, but I do, I've really been working lately on creating boundaries because I love my business and I am probably a little bit of a workaholic. Like I would work all of the time. And so I have started creating really, really clear boundaries, which is why I'm now in an office because I found that by being at home, the boundaries were so wishy-washy. And I would feel guilty for working because my kids were at home and they wanted me to be mom, but I needed to work. And then when I like was with them, I was just thinking about working. Like I was trying really hard to be present, but I'm like, oh my God, I need to send that email because all of the ideas come back to your head when you're not thinking about work. And so a couple of weeks ago, I moved into this office and it really has given me the time and space boundary of like work is at work and home is at home. And I can really be fully present in both. And I have to say that by creating that boundary and letting my brain not think about work sometimes, like I've been taking my computer home, but I haven't been opening it at night, which is wonderful. Um, it really gives me that space to like take a break and recognize that Like nothing bad is going to happen if you stop working for a minute, right? And so having a team and having that infrastructure has been really helpful for me too, where I can say like, hey, let's get this done. You can message me about it, but like, I'm not going to be working today. And that's really been powerful too, because I believe that the more fun you have, the more money you make and the more rest you take, the more money you make. And so taking that time off is so important. And making sure to like plan for that and schedule it or do whatever you have to do to make sure that you take that time off. And like, I don't work on the weekends anymore where I used to work on the weekends a ton and I don't work at night anymore. And just kind of giving yourself those breaks 
to go enjoy the spoils because I was, I hustled for so long for what I have now that I never took a break and it nearly like destroyed my marriage and everything. Like it was a bad thing because I was so like laser focused on my goals. And so now I make sure to take the time. That's awesome. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that is such an important part. You know, I just had a vacation and I was like very much stepping away. I did some stuff in the mornings, but some of it was just like, I was watching some courses or like, Mm -hmm. just like doing some minor things to follow up with some people. Um, But then the rest of the day, like, I don't have my phone on me. I'm not even looking at it. Like, it was so funny starting my day today because I had like, bunch of voicemails, a bunch of messages, a bunch of emails that I need to reply to. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to reply to them now. I didn't feel like I needed to reply to them right away. It wasn't like, it's like a lot of people knew because I'm like active on social media too. So like texts are like, Hey, I know you're on vacation, but I wanted to just like shout, shout you real quick. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's such, it's just such an important aspect of being able to to step away because I definitely can relate with you from like the obsession of just Mm -hmm. like loving your business and just like wanting to do it and realizing like the more that you put into it, you can get so much more on so many levels that are going to free up, you know, some things in your life. But at the same time, like taking the time, like this trip was like with my, my grandmother, you know, like, feel like the older you get, you know, Mm -hmm. not to say that, like, hopefully she's not going anytime soon, but like, (laughs) yeah, you don't know. And like, um, you know, my grandfather was existent for a whole year. And I say existent because it just like, wasn't my grandfather for that time. So like understanding that aspect, um, where my grandfather's, my grandmother right now is like very much with it and like having lots Mm. of fun. And just like, so it was very important for me to like, take the time spend time with her now while I can and just like enjoy those moments because you just don't know tomorrow is not guaranteed, you know? Mm -hmm. It's so true. Yeah. So yeah. Such a good conversation. Yes. Love this. This is awesome. And, um, one of the questions, um, as we segue here, um, I love to ask, and you already like immediately brought up a book, which is great, Mm -hmm. but, and I always joke that this isn't really for my listeners. It's really for me. Um, I love um, getting book recommendations for like just things that just like totally change. I know you mentioned the one and that's awesome. And Gretchen Rubin, Mm -hmm. check that out. But is there any other book that like you always recommend that it's like this is the book that just like changed my life it's like the gift the book that you gift to other people do you have that book i do and i told you about it earlier but i'll tell your audience about it too it's called go giver by bob berg and somebody else it's co-written it's a parable so it's a it's a personal development book but in the form of a story which I love. Parables are so much easier to digest and kind of learn through a story. It's very short. I think it's like a hundred pages. The audiobook is less than three hours and it's such a good read and a good listen and such an amazing lesson. So it talks about giving and the five laws of stratospheric success, which all are around like giving more in value than you receive in payment and like this whole philosophy of being a go-giver, not a go-getter. 
and how that comes to play in the main character's story. It's really interesting. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm definitely checking that out. As I mentioned before we hit record, definitely going to be the book to check out. I should listen to it again. I I've read it like four times. I love doing that. I love listening. I I, I mentioned the alchemist to you before too. And Mm -hmm. like, I've listened to that a few times. I like, I feel it's so important to like go back and I forget what I was listening to recently. And they were like, stop thinking about the next book that you're going to read and go back and read another, go back and Mm. reread one and actually implement the things that they talk about. So many of us are just like, Oh, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Mm -hmm. Like, well, have I even implemented the last thing that I learned about? Like that repetition is so critical. And I feel like every time you re-listen or reread it, you get something new. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. There's so much in depth, like your brain can only process so much at one time, you know, especially even like bigger books, longer mm-hmm. books of like giving it the time, you know, sometimes we just like crush through books and it's like, all right, well, did I even like really take that <laughs> yeah. in, you know, and I take notes on the things that I'm going to do, you know, how are we incorporating and implementing? It's such an important aspect. Mm-hmm. There's so many people who are personal development junkies who never actually implement anything. Yeah. And just like learn, learn, mm-hmm. learn, no action. One of my mentors calls it shelf development. I love that. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's it's not too self funny. development. It's shelf development. <laughs> oh that man, that is. And super accurate. You know, you just like pile up these books, pile up these courses. Um, and, <laughs> and it's just like one of those things that, um, you know, why people aren't getting the results they're after is because they just jump from course to course, jump from book mm-hmm. to book and don't actually like take action on the things that you're listening. And hopefully you're listening to this and you're like, all right, I'm going to start taking action. Maybe I'll burn something this month. Yeah, exactly. Light some stuff on fire. The next full moon is on August 3rd. August 3rd. Okay. What's the one after that? Because I think this is going to go live after after that. that. (laughs) Let me find it. I have an app that helps me track the moon. The next one is on... September 1st. September 1st. Yeah. Cool. I think and then after be... that, actually, you know what? October would be an amazing one. There's two full moons in October, the 1st and the 31st. So Halloween is on a full moon. Oh, check it out. October is approaching based on when this is going live. So you're going to want to make sure. Double full set... moon action. Double full moon, double fires. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So cool. Jess, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Real quick, what's the best way for people to follow you, get in touch with you, reach out to you? People can find me all over Instagram. My whatever it's called is at jess.oconnell underscore. And I also have a podcast called Decide to Rise. Awesome. Love it. Fantastic. Check Jess out. I'm going to get some more great stuff. Um, thank you so much. This was such a cool conversation. Uh, we had some laughs, got some, um, some actionable items that you can start to, to implement, to start eliminating those limiting beliefs that you have. So thank you so much, Jess. You're so welcome. And thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys. Um, and remember, let's keep growing together. Wait, wait, one more thing. I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this message, 
please take a moment to write a review. By writing a review, it helps people find this message and helps me help more people. And if you really, really liked it and you think this message could help someone else, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and please tag me at Nick J. Bonnie, N-I-C-K-J-B-O-N-I, so I can show my appreciation for you. We can all win by helping each other grow. Thank you. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.